Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Mic put on by High Street Young Adults. And before we get started today, I wanted to tell you about our Young Adult Conference, October 1st and 2nd. We're so excited. We have John Elmore and Josiah Jones coming to speak. It's going to be a whole weekend of activities, fun stuff. It's just $25. If you go to highstreet.org slash yaconf, we would love for you to sign up today. But today I am joined with Lulu and Carter. How are you guys? Good. How are you? Doing fantastic. Good. I'm doing well. I'm not doing fantastic like Carter, (laughs) but who is? Uh, Carter, what did you do today? Dude... I made a smoothie this morning for the first time. Wow. I, my mom bought me a blender. It was a great investment. But, yeah, kind of like I said earlier, my AC's out. So Oof. really just learn how to rough it. Thanks for preparing me for the tribes. Probably, um, yeah, most likely. Well, that, that doesn't lead in well to our uh, talk today, but it kind of does. Um, Are you to, anxious about your AC there it going is. out? I'm a little frustrated. Um, Before it went out, were you anxious about it? Maybe a little bit. For the sake of this podcast, (laughs) maybe a little bit. You were anxious about it. So today we're talking about anxiety. Uh, So before we we really dive in and talk about how to deal with it, how would you describe anxiety? What is anxiety? How is it different from maybe worry? I think like anxiety, um, from, I, it can look different for everyone, but you can have mild to severe anxiety. Um, mild being maybe just like your thoughts are racing, you know, you can't sleep well, you um, are just like having obsessive negative thoughts, or maybe they're not even negative, you're just worrying about something specifically. But severe anxiety being more like the physical um, panic attacks and like heart beating fast and you're sweating and things like that. So I think it looks different for everyone. Yeah, I would agree. I think in the simplest terms, anxiety is more of a state and then worry is kind of encompassed in that. Um, kind of like a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. <laughs> wow. Um, that's deep right there. <laughs> yeah. Philosophical. Just trying to pull that one out. <laughs> so that's good. So, so how, um, have one, have you guys like kind of been affected by anxiety yourselves? What has that looked like? And then if you can talk about like, have you had success after having anxiety? Yeah. Um, so for myself, I started struggling with anxiety and just mental illness, like from a very young age, probably first time I noticed it and my like parents noticed it in me was when I was in fourth grade. And that was kind of just the trickle down of effect of about a really like hard couple of years where they kind of diagnosed me with OCD and it wasn't this like had to organize a bunch of stuff all the time, but uh, just like severe, like obsessive thoughts and just really weird ticks that kind of just led me to shut down and just really couldn't, couldn't function a whole lot for those years. Um, started taking uh, medicine for it and got better, but would be on the medicine for a number of years later and was pretty, honestly, pretty fine. Like in terms of relative to that episode. But then my junior year of high school, it started to happen again where I just kind of had another breakdown and uh, started to just really be anxious every single morning. I I was late to school for two hours just because I couldn't bring myself to like get out of bed and get ready. And so my mom had to like let the school know why I was was late. And so I had to start taking the medicine again and stopped taking it. few months like about six months ago and then I actually very recently had to start taking it again 
um, just a number of transition and change kind of led to me being really anxious and stressed out again. And so it's something that I still very much so deal with like today and every day. And then I've had to witness just people in my family deal with it as well. So it's very ingrained in my life and my family, but um, I also started noticing it at the young age, similar to you, my junior year was when it really kind of kicked off. I was, um, I had a couple of major surgeries, so I was in a wheelchair for a couple months and that led to just, that started the majority of my anxiety and, um, I was having just panic attacks. I didn't know what was happening. Um, I, my mom is really the one that pulled me out of it and um, took me to the doctor and I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression and I started medication and therapy and um, I'm still on medication and I still go to therapy, but um, the one thing that really did help me, I mean, those things helped for sure, but the one thing that like really pulled me through was um, this idea of like, you see it in the Bible multiple times, casting your anxieties on him. It uses that word like casting because it's not like, um, okay, God, like, please take away these worrisome thoughts. It's like, okay, I'm literally giving them to you. I'm surrendering, um, this, this, like I was worrying about conversations that might happen in the future or predicting something that could happen from this situation. Like it, it's not healthy. (laughs) And so, um, just giving it to God is finally what kind of did that for me. And that was about two years ago when I fully understood the concept of that. So what does that look like practically? So you're worried about um, a conversation that might happen. And, you know, when, when you're in the middle of, of that moment, um, logic is not necessarily because I could tell you, hey, that that conversation probably won't happen. Yeah. The chances are it won't happen. Or if it does, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. The logic is not necessarily what will drive you to, oh, you know what, sure. that's, that's right, and will drive anxiety away. So how is it that that thought of what God will do with your anxiety, how did that practically help you in those moments where, like, it's hard to ingrain truth, mm-hmm. it's hard to ingrain what God says about you in those moments? Yeah. How did that practically work out? That's good, because that's so true. When I am, like, super anxious, I'm sure you can relate, it's like, you're, you're irrational, you're, you don't, you don't, you lack a lot of logic. (laughs) So, um, something that I started doing about two years ago was a daily quiet time with God. Um, and I like to do it in the mornings. And that was just a time that, um, I like got before my day even started, I got to give him my anxieties before they even came. Like I literally would be like, okay, God, any anxieties help me to like cast them on you today. Help me to surrender to you today. Um, so you really just have to like I don't know, it sounds cliche, but slow down. And because, um, I mean, for me, I knew they were coming. That was just, it depends on the season I'm, I'm in. If, if school's really stressful, um, I know when I'm anxious and I know when I'm, I'm not. And that's something that's just come with dealing with anxiety for a long time now. But um, yeah, I think the daily communication with God and constant prayer about it. Um, and I invited people in too. Um, so they were holding me accountable. Um, and asking me and praying for me. So, yeah. Yeah. So Carter, kind of same question, like how, you know, you talked through some medication that helped you, but what about um, kind of the mental and spiritual aspect of anxiety? Because it very much is like there are some physiological things that need to be taken care of sometimes or need to be dealt with through therapy, through um, medication. But what about the spiritual side for you? How's that 
change with anxiety. Yeah, I think because I wasn't a Christian until three years ago. And so obviously I was dealing with anxiety long before that. Um, but I would say that since becoming a Christian, like my anxiety definitely has been better. Um, but it's still, yeah, you have to understand what anxiety is. Um, I think oftentimes I used this example earlier, but it's like, we look at things like a broken arm and you will go to the doctor, have that set, have it, get a cast to get that fixed. Mm -hmm. Similarly, you literally have a chemical imbalance in your brain when it comes to mental illness. And yet in the Christian world, um, oftentimes it's, it's somewhat of a taboo topic, mm -hmm. mental illness and how to address yeah. it. But it's viewed as, oh, well, it's viewed as more of a lack of faith than a physiological problem. Sure. And especially for me, like as a Christian male, like that is something that I really struggle with in viewing it that way is like, oh, well, I'm a Christian now. Like this should be different. I'm a new creation. Like mm -hmm. this should be put off. Um, yeah. And so really just over-spiritualizing it was something that I've struggled with mm -hmm. recently. And the reality is, is like, I'm not going to tell someone who has a broken arm, oh, you should have more faith, like, to fix that. Like, that's yeah. why that's an issue. No, like, you're going to go to a doctor, you're going to get that fixed. And so humbling yourself enough to view it that way as like, okay, like, it is okay to take medication. It is okay to yeah. see a therapist or something along those lines. And yes, like, you need to be, use wisdom when it comes to certain medications and things you're taking. Yeah, absolutely. But um, that's an, one way to view it. But um, especially since like becoming a Christian and recently just something that really I have to lean on is, is understanding that God is sovereign, that he is in control of all things. Um, every minute detail in my life rests in his hands. And so the other part to that is understanding that if you are in Christ, then God is working all things together for your good. Mm -hmm. And that might look differently than what you think, obviously, mm -hmm. or what you think is good, but that means when it comes to my anxiety, he will deliver me. So Paul says when he's writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 1, he, he's filling them in basically on his travels up to that point. And he, and he goes, um, he says, First, we did not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia, for we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Um, he go, but then he goes on to say, he goes, that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will deliver us again. And so I'm assuming that Paul is talking about something a little more, um, <laughs> perilous at that time. Sure. I mean, he's talking about shipwrecks and lions and all these things, but it's like, God also cares just as much about, um, these things that we're talking about, your mental illness and things like that. And, and I've seen him deliver me in my life. Um, and I know that he will continue to deliver me in different ways, but it's something where I have to trust in the promises of God throughout scripture that, that he's going to supply every single one of my needs, that, that the sparrows don't go without food, mm -hmm. um, that the lilies of the field are clothed. Yeah. Um, that again, that he's working all things together for my good. And, and those, th all those are things are all truth. And it's so hard because I think when you're in the throngs of anxiety, you're like, you're looking at up anything to help you and trying to figure anything out. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you will hear something like what we're saying right now. And you're like, yeah, I know that's true, but it's like, that's just not helping me right now. Sure. Yeah. And that's probably the toughest part is like being able to look at truth, but feel like that doesn't apply to you mm -hmm. in the moment. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, it's like, man, like I just have to continue to be diligent and Logan preached on it a couple of weeks ago. I mean, just seeking first the kingdom of God in the midst of those moments. 
um, because all of these things will be added to you. Mm. And so that's really tough to, to look at truth in the midst of anxiety and feel that it doesn't apply to you. Yeah. Um, but still lean into it. What, what are, like, have you ever experienced that? Lou? Yeah. Just, um, not, I mean, I was talking about this a little bit like earlier, sometimes when you're in the, you know, I don't want to say the worst part of it, you don't want to get better because it's comfortable to stay where you are. And it's, it's easier just to be anxious and to isolate. I mean, that's what I do. I isolate and, um, I don't, you know, text my friends back. I don't like, I don't go out really. I stay in my room. So in that, I mean, it's almost like a discipline. You have to hold yourself accountable. Like, okay, um, I'm going to text my friend and tell them, Hey, will you pray for me? Like, um, I'm going to open my Bible and read what it says about, um, how God comforts me and, and just verses like that, that you can turn to. Um, I have like a whole list of verses that I turn to whenever, you know, I'm feeling anxious, when I'm feeling upset, frustrated, things like that. So, um, yeah, I think just really knowing yourself and, um, what works for you. I mean, I, we've both, I mean, it's been five years <laughs> since I've been like diagnosed, I guess, with anxiety. So I kind of have figured out um, a way, f- like a groove for me to get through that. How have you both kind of mentioned it? How have other believers or other people kind of helped you guys? Because I think it makes sense to a lot of people. Your vertical relationship with God is mm-hmm. good. You're, you're, you're trusting truth maybe, but horizontally with other people, there's a struggle there and even maybe nobody knows that you're dealing with anxiety. They just think, Oh, sometimes they just like to go yeah. out on their own or they, they just they don't yeah. show up to school one day or whatever that <laughs> thing might be like, what, what was it like for you to, to kind of let other people in on that walk with anxiety for you? Or was that even a, a thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I guess I like Carter touched on this earlier, but the whole taboo subject of like Christians and with depression, anxiety, I, I didn't want to be the click cliche I was like I you know my testimony is not going to be about this (laughs) I really don't want it I don't want to be that person but um that's just what God wrote in my story and so when I accepted that I was able to tell people and um honestly I was telling Carter this earlier but like that verse in second Corinthians that's like his power is made perfect in my weakness um I mean one of my good friends told me that and it just reminded me that yeah like I can glorify God through what, how he's working in me and in this weakness I have. Um, this weakness is not bad. It's not anything like that. But my friends can see how God is working in me, even though I do kind of have, I struggle with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really good for community. And also, like I keep um, mentioning, just like having them, it's really life-giving when someone says, hey, I'm praying for you. Like, yeah. that's so important. But yeah. Carter, what would you say? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's different just because of like, as a Christian, you understand that God uses prayer. I mean, a sovereign God somehow in his, in his plan uses prayer. And so when a person texts you that they're, hey, man, I'm praying for you right now, like, that really does mean a lot to me because I know yeah. that God is going to use that in some way. But um, similarly, I think for me, it's, again, it's tough in society for like a man to admit like, oh, yeah, I struggle with anxiety or I, I struggle with depression or whatever it is. And then you add on another layer of, you know, the Christian stigma in there it gets even tougher. And so I think for me, like recently I had to sit down with like my closest friend and just be like, guys, like, I feel like over these past couple of months, kind of, I've been slipping into, you know, more of a depressed state. Um, I need your guys' prayers. Like I need you guys to help me. 
And I, th I think it's easy to marginalize like what it is that you're going through to really kind of like, yeah, I'm anxious. And then immediately go to a next, another point. Yeah. The Christian thing to do is, is in your small group, say, Hey, four months ago I was dealing with this, yeah. but I'm better now. Every, yeah. Everything's better now. I promise. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I think that's exactly what I was doing is like, this has made it seem like it was really bad in the past, but mm -hmm. not presently. Mm -hmm. And so I just had to, had to let some guys in and and just like anything, not that I'm going to say that my anxiety is sin, but just like similar to sin, when you confess that, um, just leading to freedom mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think knowing that I had other people praying for me, knowing that I had other men that I could talk to um, is something that I really valued. And it's also, it's because of how hard it is for men to talk about it. Um, I've been able just to see like my friends be more open about oh. their struggles in those areas and, and to be a resource for other people. And I think this happened the other week where I was just like, I was like, man, like, why does God still have me go through this? Like these things like this, what is it that I've done to, to deserve this? Like, what is the purpose in this? And I was sitting down having this conversation with my friend um, who was struggling. And it was like right then that it just clicked that I was like, this is why like he allows me to go through this is so I can have conversations like this with you. Mm -hmm. um, and so I mean, similarly, what Lulu's talking about in 2 Corinthians 12, where he's like, his power is made perfect in weakness. He's talking about this thorn inside yeah. where I think that that thorn is purposely left ambiguous um, in scripture. Um, not that we should always cater scripture to fit us or personalize sure. it to yeah. us, but it's like that thorn could have been anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the thorn that God has given me in my side is this anxiety, this depression that I deal with from time to time. And and it's one of the most humbling things that I have. Yeah. Um, and so because of that. And it's like in, in James when he talks about like perseverance, like I always the same way. I was like, why? Like, why is this my problem? God, like why can I choose another one? Yeah. Can I yeah. can I go back and get something else? <laughs> like, I don't want this one. Um, but it really is. Um, I wouldn't trade it for anything because I have learned so much through trusting God with my anxiety. Um, and I really do think that it's. I mean, taught me a lot of perseverance, like the book of James talks about. So, yeah, that's good. So, uh, one, I just want to thank you guys because you guys are talking about it where a lot of people might hear it, and um, that's not an easy thing to do. And I feel like you guys are there because you've done it personally for so long. Yeah. Uh, the what you're talking about, and it never gets easier per se. Sometimes it gets easier <laughs> yeah, because you yeah. get accustomed to, to sharing sure. it. But thank you guys for, for sharing some of your story. Uh, what would you guys tell somebody uh, who's maybe started dealing with anxiety that never really has before and it just kind of cropped up in college or it just kind of mm -hmm. popped up in a new situation of life uh, or somebody who's just always dealt with it and kind of kept it under wraps? Um, what would you say to those people? Tell someone, <laughs> tell your best friend, tell um, your mentors, tell people that you admire spiritually. Um, I think when you can admit it vocally, admit it to somebody, um, that changed a lot for me. Like when I said the words, I have anxiety, I struggle with anxiety and depression. And uh, it kind of flipped a switch. I was like, wow, you know, it's humbling because it's like, I thought I could control it myself. Like I didn't want to ask people to pray for me because I didn't want to burden them. But um, it's, it's a, it's, hum it's like clothing yourself in humility. You have to, you know, let people in on that. And I mean, I emphasize that a lot, but community is so important for this topic. Yeah. I think 
similar to that. It's like you can feel like a burden oftentimes just letting people in, but it's like you have to tell people, you have to tell mm-hmm. whoever that is, whether that's, I mean, your close community, your mentors, your significant, significant others, your parents, whatever. And I think sometimes you're like, man, if I tell them, then this is just going to be a burden for them. They're not going to, you're not going to accept me anymore. They're going to think that, um, that I'm not, not who I was, who I said I was, because the reason that you feel that way is because you treat your anxiety like it's an extension of yourself. When in real reality, it's like, it's a part of you. Like mm-hmm. that is a part of the person that you are, that God has created you to be. Um, granted it's like that exists because of sin in this world, but, but God is working that together for your good yeah. um, and in the lives of others. And so, I mean, telling people, um, really telling people, not marginalizing, right. like yeah. telling yeah. them exactly what it's like. Um, and, trusting God's promises, mm-hmm. um, continually getting in his word, looking at what those are, write those promises out, yeah. um, ask people to pray for you. Yeah. And I think it, it won't be immediate too. You have to understand that. Yeah. Like, no, it's going to take time. Sure. Yeah. But I think you can have victory over your anxiety Absolutely. because of God's working in your life. Uh, Lulu, you kind of talked about uh, this verse, I went back in my phone, but, mm-hmm. um, first Peter five, seven, casting all your mm-hmm. anxieties on him because he cares for you. Yeah. Um, to remember that like God cares for you. He's not mm-hmm. just going to leave you with your anxiety and go, you got to figure it out on your yeah, own, get no. better and come back to me and let me know how that goes. Uh, yeah. he's not going to tell you like, Hey, what you're worrying about. It's not that big of a deal. Right. He's going to put people around you and maybe you need to find people. Maybe yeah. if you're not in a group, you need to find sure. a group that, of people that you can tell about it. Yeah. Uh, maybe you need to develop some spiritual disciplines of a quiet time, mm-hmm. of writing out the promises of God. Because those yeah. things are, are, they're slow moving, but it's like a muscle that builds over time. So when you go to lift that thing that used to be so heavy, you couldn't touch it. Well, you've been working out. You've, you've been yeah. doing something so you can lift it now and mm-hmm. it, it changes things. So any final thoughts before we sign off today? Um. I think I just want to say that the people that they that do love you so much, um, if you don't tell them and, you know, it kind of spirals and they find out that you're really in a dark place, they're going to be sad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had that happen. Like girls are like, why didn't you tell me this was happening? And I'm like, well, I didn't want to bug you, you know, um, and they're actually more hurt by me not telling them. So um, from personal experience, I just think people really appreciate it when you let them in on that part of your life. And another good verse, uh, like Psalm 23, talks a lot about um, how he comforts us in our, like, valleys and things like that. And that was something I read almost every day when um, my freshman year when I was in a really bad spot. And it was really comforting. Yeah. I mean, memorize memorize some scripture that that pertains to what it is that you're going to. I mean, I memorize some verses that specifically pertain to trust. And in Jeremiah 17, God is contrasting a man who does not have his trust placed in the Lord and, and a man or man or woman who does. Mm-hmm. And so verse five and six, he's talking about the person who doesn't. And verse seven, he goes, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He's like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and is not anxious in your drought or does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in your drought for it's not ceased to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, that, that is exactly what yeah. this topic is talking <laughs> That's about. That's pretty spot um, on. <laughs> and, you have to trust in the Lord and trust yeah. in his promises. Yeah, that's so good. Well, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for sharing your stories. Yeah. And uh, we hope you catch us next time. See ya.